Hello and welcome to Table Talk for another week. So glad you can join us midway on Wednesday. Uh, for those who are going back to work, I hope you're having a good time. There's many of us are still working from home. I'm still working from home. Um, but already you go on the roads and it's busy. I'm dropping my kids off to school and picking them up. And um, the roads aren't as busy. So there does appear to be lots of people working from home. But again, lots of people are going back to work again, which is kind of great. And it's all about being safe. And we still can't meet in our church building. Still can't meet that. So hopefully in the next few weeks, um, I think uh, by Monday we'll have a better idea of when we can meet. So this is live. Totally live. This is not pre-recorded, which means we do have a prayer team who are standing by. So if you need prayer of any kind, we've got a dedicated prayer team waiting to pray for you. If maybe you, you want to want somebody to pray for a family member or friend, want to hit the prayer button, send in the prayer request, and somebody will be standing by just with you, for you, for prayer. I'm really excited for Table Talk. Tonight, we've got, uh, we've got a husband and wife team. And tonight, so we've got later on, we've got Pastor PJ, our past, pastoral care pastor. She's going to be bringing us the message. But right before Pastor PJ coming on board, we've got her amazing husband, Mr. Yalta Dreyfeldt. He is also a credentialed pastor. He's a pastor uh, back in Hamilton, England with us as well. Him and his wife make an amazing ministry team. Uh, but he's also a full-time nurse working at the Waikato Hospital. So Yalta, are you there? Hello, Yalta. Yes, I'm here, Ants. Yeah. <laughs> hey, good to see you. Um, you just yeah. finished work about an hour ago. Uh, yeah, I finished around on. about between four and half past four. You know. Yeah. I'm I'm yeah. an early starter. Officially started eight, but I'm always there at seven thirty. Yeah. I hate being yeah. late. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Good work ethics. Good oh. Dutch tradition. Never be late. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. So, um, being from Holland. Um, they originally were from Holland and um, yep. coming to New Zealand. Uh, so how long have you and PJ been in New Zealand now? When did you first come over? We came on the 29th of July, 1981. Yes. It, it was the day Charles and Diana got married. Oh. I think they got married on the 28th of July that same year. Yeah. We, we were in the plane when they got married. So, yeah. That's why we never forget. So it's going to be 40 years next year. 40 years? Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Well, you, you, guys, are, you guys are Kiwis and uh, 40 years. That's, so you lived here longer than you have in Holland? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's for sure. But we're still, uh, we're still Dutch citizens and we New Zealand residents. Right. right. Uh, New Zealand has this agreement that uh, or the, the Dutch we can't have dual citizenship so so right. if if i want to become a kiwi i have to hand in my dutch passport oh okay and, well oh, i don't want oh, to do that pj is quite happy to do that but <laughs> he doesn't want to do it on her own yeah yeah i can understand that um so um you are a nurse and so yep. during this covid 19 you've been really busy you're still working um, yep. Frontline, how has that been like while everybody else on lockdown, especially during level four? Well, you know, Waikato Hospital, I, I suppose we've been very fortunate that we didn't really get a lot of active cases. I think they've only had two in hospital that 
that were actively COVID, but I work sort of around the different areas in the hospital. And so just before Easter, they tested uh, some nurses yeah. and they were positive. Yeah. So on the Wednesday before Easter, uh, yeah, I was still down because I had had contact with those, most likely with those nurses. I still don't know who they are. Yeah. But I was in that same ward on the day. And so, yeah, I was still down for uh, officially 14 days. Right. Uh, daily phone calls from the Ministry of Health and Healthline and all those kind of people. So, yeah, officially I should have been totally separated from PJ. Yeah. I should have been in a be separate bedroom and she right. should have probably slid a meal underneath the door. <laughs> but we never did that. We, 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 we stayed home, but that was about it. Okay. Oh, great. Oh, well, I'm glad that that worked out anyway. Was it kind of scary? Like, like this, not well, knowing that somebody in your ward had this COVID-19 and you've been working in the same area, was any fear? Well, yeah, it, it is a bit because you, you know, you get a bit of a sore throat or a bit of a cough or a bit of a runny nose and you think, oh gosh, is this COVID-19? You know, you, you yeah. and I, I do get the odd sore throat and I, I'm a, I'm a, I should not advertise for strepsils, but I, I take a strepsil, you know, and, and I'm okay again. Or, right. you know, the odd runny nose. But yeah, so it was, on, on the one hand, it was a bit fearful. Yeah. And, you know, we, we still practice extreme hand hygiene. We, we clean our desks. We, we have all these, we clean before we start to work. We clean after work. We, we wipe <laughs> our you know, the handles from your drawers and we wash our phones and all that. So, and entering the hospital or entering a ward, you know, you still have to sign in. It's been a bit more relaxed now yeah. with, with visit, people can visit, but it's still, yeah, we're not taking any risks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's really important. Um, especially yeah. keep yourself safe and everybody else safe. I, yeah. I must admit, um, like during the level four, like I do all the shopping in a household and uh, at nighttime, I, my throat was like, I was just coughing and coughing, coughing. It was really itchy. I and I started thinking, do I have the COVID-19? You know, had some water well, and then I was fine. I, I did uh, just prior to going back to work, it was two weeks stand down. Uh, I think I was going back to work on the Thursday and on the Tuesday. I did go and have myself tested. So uh, the hospital had a, 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 a testing station just for staff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's uh, it's not overly pleasant. They do stick that swab up your nose, and it feels like they stirring your brain a bit. But uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was negative, so that was fine. But it, it's it's yeah. I think if you if you doubt or if you really feel quite fearful or if you're not sure i think you know there is still testing stations open so it's not a big job uh, and you know it's better to be because if you go to bed and think oh god have i got covid or not then yeah. it, it 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 takes away some of that fear if you uh, if you yeah. test yeah well absolutely um so as a nurse, and I know when you come to New Zealand, there weren't too many male nurses around. So what was like being um, a male nurse 
especially like when you said you worked at a hospital and things like that. So back then, was it? Do you, do you feel it was a bit like a, a trailblazer? Uh, yes, uh, I mean, I did my training in, in the Netherlands, so, uh, but I trained as a psychiatric nurse, so I trained in a psychiatric hospital, which was a little bit more probably acceptable uh, for a guy to do that kind of training, yeah. uh, but then I came to New Zealand and I started working at Pokanui Hospital, uh, some of the older generation may know uh, yeah. the place. Uh, yeah, there were a lot of male staff and male nurses, but then in 1987, I did a, what we call a bridging course. I, I knew I didn't want to work in psychiatric nursing all my life. Right. So I did a, I, I sort of did a, a training to become a comprehensive nurse. Yeah. Uh, and that meant I also had to get my obstetric paper, which is working in a maternity home. Oh, right. So I had to work in a maternity hospital for four weeks. And to get, get my sort of certificate or, or my obstetric diploma, I needed, I call them, at least catch three babies. Oh, wow. <laughs> Deliver three babies. That's probably the better word. So I, um, I was based, uh, they placed me in Tokoroa Hospital. Yes. And so after a week, I had three weeks to deliver those three babies. After one week at Tokoroa, no baby at all. So then I asked if I could be placed at Tiamamutu Maternity Hospital. Right. That existed. And so, and I said, I'm available whatever time of day or night I'm coming. So that's where I delivered my three babies. And that was indeed trailblazing because we had a whole article in the in the in the new in the local newspaper anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I got the paper clipping. That yeah. One you of still the have first. the paper clipping? I still have the newspaper article. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. delivered three babies. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No many not many people can say they delivered a baby. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. So. It, it was strange because, you know, I had to ask the, the ladies if they wanted me there. And yeah, yeah, I mean, I did it with a, a proper midwife or a doctor, but it was, uh, yeah, it was yeah. experience. That, that's amazing. My younger and brother. That, yeah. And after that, I, uh, we moved to Dunedin. Well, in a, a few years later, we moved to Dunedin. Yeah. yeah so you, you, um, that's BJ's so fault. Yeah. Oh, so. <laughs> So tell, tell me the story. So you, you came from, um, so why did you come to New Zealand? Let's go from there. Why did you yeah. come to New Zealand in the first place? Uh, I was in my last year primary school and uh, we were allowed to pick little pictures out of a box and then write a little story about it or whatever. I picked this little picture. Uh, I've still got it as well. It's really weird. Well, maybe it's not weird, but... Uh, and it was a little picture uh, about New Zealand. And as soon as I had that picture and I read it, it was like one day, that's where I'm going to live. Right. Uh, so what did the I picture was, look like? Well, to be honest, it's nothing special. <laughs> it's not a sandy beach. It's a little Maori meeting house. Oh. And But it, it's like it spoke to me like that's where you go one day and that's yeah. where you're going to live. So that's where it started when I was 12. Right. I met, I met, well, I know I've known PJ, of course, for a long time, but I suppose 
the first time I told her, we were probably teenagers, when I said one day, uh, I want to go to New Zealand. See, there she is. <laughs> <laughs> this is PJ in the back. Hey, PJ. <laughs> so, yeah, so one day uh, she knew that I wanted to go to New Zealand. But, you know, uh, PJ never wanted to, couldn't even stay a night with an auntie or anything like homesick. So, you know, life goes on. It, it, it doesn't stop. Uh, if if you have a dream or some you know God speaks to you about something, you still keep on living. So I did my I went into the army, I did my nurses training, yeah. we got married, we had three kitties, and then PJ has her own story to tell about how God spoke to her in a dream uh, about this this beautiful place we were going to, and uh, yeah when she told me the dream, I knew that was New Zealand. So then we started the whole process of, of applying yeah. to New Zealand. And uh, that took a year, the whole, well, probably six months. But again, you know, mm. determination is probably another word I, uh, I'd like to use uh, because it was very easy for us to, to give up and stop because there was a lot of paperwork uh, writing letters, there was, you know, young people say, oh, what about, you know, did you visit New Zealand? Did you look on a, you know, Google? But in 1980, there was no Google, there was no computers, there yeah. was nothing. It was all snail mail. So we had to <laughs> fill in paperwork, stick it in an envelope, and, and stuff had to go to New Zealand. So it took three weeks to come to New Zealand. Three, so it took sometimes six weeks for one letter to come go backwards and forwards so uh right but yeah we we were so determined we uh we knew what we mm. would leave behind we would leave i'm one of six children uh pj one of seven so we left all that behind but we knew that uh you know the five of us at that stage there were five of us yeah we, we really believed that we had to go and although we were church-going people. We were not uh, uh, born-again Christians. So yeah. at that stage, I probably didn't see God as much in it as I, I see now. Yeah. So so we arrived in 81. Right. Yeah. So you arrived to New Zealand. Um, you settled in. You didn't have much. Settled in. Work at yeah. Tokunui Hospital. Yeah. So when did the God journey begin? Well... Uh, <laughs> You know, always believed in God because we, we grew up in church. So we, we, we went to Christian school. We went to uh, uh, church, youth group, catechism classes. You think of it. We, 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 we always, church was important part of life. You know, if we didn't go to a church on a Sunday, we missed something. But yeah, PJ became, uh, and so we became very active in the Presbyterian church in Tiavamutu. Yeah. Uh, I even became an elder. Oh, uh, probably more out of uh, I was, you know, I was asked, and it was wow, you know, it's a bit of status thing. But uh, once I started to get involved in all those meetings, uh, it was all very political, and yeah, <laughs> not quite me, but anyway, uh, PJ became born again in 1984. Right. So that's her story, and. I uh, 
it took another five years before I saw the light. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what do you think of um, PJ becoming Christian? Uh, <laughs> she's leaving me now. No, uh, it, it was a struggle. It was a real struggle because um, I, I would come home from work uh, after a long day work. I mean, for, it started really with her going to the apostolic church at times, uh, Sunday evenings, and she came back and would meet to go with her. And I really, I did, didn't like that huggy stuff in the, what they did over there and all that. And, you know, the waving and the raising of hands. And But anyway, uh, yeah, I would come home and PJ would have, you know, Radio Rima going or, or yeah. in music. She would tell me, you know, have you read this, you know, read. And she would, so the first thing I'd come home and, and she would throw the Bible under my nose, you know, with, with what she had read or a book or, uh, and I just wanted to chill out, smoke a cigarette and uh, <laughs> have a cold beer, really, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it became quite bad where I, I, at one stage, I really thought, well, I leave or you leave. And right. so, uh, but I, I, well, PJ can tell herself, but she, I know God spoke to her and, and more or less told her to slow down a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, so it was, it was five years, uh, and it was not a, not five years of bad marriage yeah. or whatever. It, it, it was, it was good, but. Yeah, we, we knew sort of each other's boundaries maybe a little bit about, you know, what we talk about. And, and so I, if PJ wanted to go to Apple Church, whatever, that was fine with me. But don't don't force me yeah. into coming with you. So, yeah, and then in 89, I think late, yeah, probably in November, somebody gave me a book to read, uh, Set the Captives Free. I don't know if people know the book, but it is about uh, people who are sort of... Uh, Possessed, really, demon possessed, and how yeah. this this person prays, and and how your people can be set free from that by the power of God and the Holy Spirit. So, I read that book, and it really. One night I went to work, and we had a young girl in her twenties locked away, probably for months in a little isolation room. She was so, simply said, so crazy so dangerous she could not come out of that room on her own she always had two male nurses holding her if if she needed a bit of fresh air uh, <clears throat> i did a night shift and we would check on the patients in those little side rooms and they had a tiny little window in that door i turned the light on and her face was like you know, you see me on the computer screen. Yeah. And I looked at her and she saw me and she bounced back. She physically bounced back from her face against the door to the back wall, which would have been probably three, four meters. Wow. And it, and it gave me such a fright because I didn't quite know what was happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I came home and I probably, well, I talked to PJ about it. And she said, really, that was like the, the battle of God, the Holy Spirit and evil. You know, it's like good and light and dark. And 
so uh, for me, that was sort of like the sign of, uh, well, can I stay working here? Because then by then I had given my life to Christ. And, uh, yeah. I thought, no, I can't stay working. Because if you know the environment of, of, of Tokonoi at that stage, it was uh, swearing. Uh, every second word was the F word, smoking, drinking. Uh, yeah. So it was not a great environment. And I thought, if I want to grow as a Christian, I, I can't stay here. So I, uh, the next day, I wrote my letter of resignation and, and quit, yeah. which I would never do because that's not how I'm brought up. Yeah, wow. My, my wow. dad would always say, you only resign when you have the next job lined up. Yeah, but yeah. But I, 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 I knew it's okay quit so you know you have four weeks to, to so this to was a real faith job. journey this is kind of like your it real was faith totally journey. faith yeah yeah i quit and the next day or a couple of days later there was a I, I looked at some newspapers there was a job advertised in dunedin i applied for it flew down had the interview and on the same day i was offered a charge nurse job in dunedin so wow we packed our bags in within a month and drove all the way to the needed. Well, that's incredible. And that's where the next chapter started. I always say sometimes our life is, is, is chapters or seasons. And, you know, if you really look at it, you can sometimes really define your life by those chapters. Yeah. yeah. And so our, our sort of <clears throat> eight, nine years at Tokenui came to an end and yeah, the new chapter started. And so you entered your new chapter. Just I'll just kind of fast forward this a bit more. Yeah, yeah, um, I know. So, so um, PJ, you guys becomes PJ becomes youth pastor, yeah, and all these right. other roles yeah. happen. And then you moved, and uh, there's a call to move up to the North Island from Dunedin. You go yeah. to Tairua. Yeah. Uh, and PJ's got a call to become um, the senior pastor. And what at, at back then was that was she the very first woman senior pastor yep yeah 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 it's uh of course by that time she was already the the sort of youth pastor sort of assisting pastor mike yeah. griffiths uh with the transition and all that uh, <coughs> sorry so we've been going to conferences and uh yeah it was quite unusual that there was uh that yeah a, a female senior pastor i mean there right. were there were female pastors but I always said they were married to the male senior pastor. Yeah, yes, that's right. So they became, you know, uh, yeah, I suppose Porto is a pastor. <laughs> In those days, you know, sometimes I thought uh, the wives were be became pastors because yeah. of being such a good person and helping the husband and doing all that. Yeah, it's, it's a partnership. So yeah, so it, it has been at times a bit of a struggle, be the sort of the husband of a female pastor. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I said earlier uh, <clears throat> at a conference, you know, the the leaders would say, uh, you know, we have a gift for all the the wives of the pastors. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and I, I'd sit there. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> How about and, the pastor's uh, yeah. husband? <laughs> Yeah, what about the husbands? But you know, it, it 
at times I found it really annoying. And yeah. Yeah. It, but yeah. Yeah. I think we're moving in the right direction. Well, even when um, PJ was um, was became the first woman senior pastor of a of a church, um, even then you became a pastor. Is that right? Yep. Yep. It was. Uh, I had to do my uh, application or whatever they call it, training to become a pastor as well. So I did all the paperwork, and uh, yeah, and that was accepted. So uh, so Tairua got the post ordained pastors or two credential pastors for yes. the price of and half <laughs> one <laughs> so in a way um even though this was kind of like first time this is happening so there's real uh we're moving forward but it was still a bit slow so in order for pj to yep. be uh, the senior pastor she still needed her husband to validate her which is which back then yep. was a real step forward but we when we look back it goes wow that's incredible uh, whereas today, um, it, it has changed. And it's amazing. There's been a real struggle of women in ministry um, yeah. because yeah. of the, this one verse. And it's kind of like we've got a blinkers on to the whole narrative yeah. of the Bible because of one verse, one selective verse. And so you both have uh, found um, those challenges. Um, so when PJ is the senior pastor, yeah. now in Tairoa, and you're there, and you've had issues with people in total, is that right? Could you elaborate? Uh, yes, 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 yes. People, uh, we we would get sometimes a phone call and and they ask who's preaching next because you know Tyro a lot of visitors and so sometimes we get a phone call like uh, who's preaching on Sunday and if I would say oh it's uh, it, it's PJ preaching uh, and that oh we're not coming then so uh, yeah there've been occasions like that and and you know we've, we we sat together at times and being frustrated and, and yeah. angry and, and and yeah with the narrow-mindedness of people and kind of stuff but you know when when you know god calls you to a place that's right uh, yeah. then you know you even overcome that kind of stuff uh because even for me <coughs> to go to tairua was um i loved the needing i loved my work yes and, and so god had to really speak to me to uh to go there because you know if you go somewhere or it's it's together and so yeah. i i got a word uh from jeremiah 17 and i'll i'll probably close with that but from from jeremiah 17 verse 7 and 8 which it says um, but blessed is the one who trusts in the lord yeah whose confidence <laughs> is in him and then it says there will be like a tree planted by the water that's sends out its roots by the stream. And you've been in Tyro and you know where the church was, the hall yes. close by the yes. other side and the, and the river there. Uh, and then it says, uh, it does not fear when heat comes, its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. And so when I got that word, that was for me also the, the confirmation of, uh, okay, let's go to Tyroa. And that word still speaks me now. Yeah. Now it's uh, it's about trusting God, uh, you know. And when I read it again now, it says, uh, you know, don't worry, you know, if, uh, in a year of drought. And of, I really believe, you know, at the moment we're in that year of 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 full of struggles yeah. and, and drought. But you know, uh, we have to have that trust in God. Yeah, that's right. 
will work out for good, you know. Yeah. Uh, Amen. And, and, I, and I'm a, I'm quite a positive guy, you know. I'm not. Uh, yeah, I know there will be good things at the end Absolutely. of this uh, COVID thing. Spoken so. like a true pastor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, um, well, before we uh, we Pastor oh. PJ brings the message, we've got no issue yes. with that. So, uh, Pastor no, PJ brings I, the message. I don't. We're going to end with a trivia challenge. So, um, yep. my wife has sent your wife the trivia <laughs> questions. Question. And what's true of all our wives, so our wives have the answers. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, basically, the way this works is it's the, uh, I think, did you get five questions, PJ? Uh, yes, I did. Five. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, best of three, I think. That's how, how it works. Yeah. So, Here we go. PJ, you all far right. away. And Are you all set, answers, guys? Yes. Okay. okay, the first one is a Bible question. Okay. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. Yes. In what country did Joseph become a slave? Egypt. Very good. One point <laughs> for you, Yalta. Well Very done. good. <laughs> At least you got a point. <laughs> now we got a geography question. Ah, that's my strong point. Okay, well, <laughs> hope it will be. <laughs> Tim back to, yes. Is a real town in Africa true or true. false? True. Well, Angel was first, I think. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. I was a bit slow. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Come on, Yelta. All right. Now we got a Bible question again. Who was impressed Jesus by giving two copper coins to the to the temple? The Who widow. What is mine? The widow. Yeah. Uh, Yalta said it first. <laughs> yep. Good yeah. on you, Yalta. Yeah. Bible yeah. questions right. <laughs> Surprised, yeah. <laughs> now we get a history question. And, and the question is like this In a leap year, how many days Four. are. 29. <laughs> 366. <laughs> oh. <laughs> In February. February. Oh, okay. 29. 29 days. Yeah, no, okay. I thought it was the whole year. Okay, yeah. Okay. Two all. Two, Two all. all. Here we go. Okay. Anyway. This is it for the winner take all. Okay, yeah. last question. It's an, another Bible question. Uh, did Paul die from a snake bite no. on the island of Malta? No. no. <laughs> yeah, it is a knife. <laughs> You, you didn't finish the question now. Okay, okay. No, I, I, watched the TV, I watched the TV program. Yalta wins. Well, th thank you so much, right. Yalta. You can pay me for a drink uh, next time. <laughs> we'll do. We'll, we'll get coffee. some Frisian milk. Yeah, have a, or a coffee. Yeah, good. Okay. Okay, thanks, thanks so much, everybody. Yalta. Okay, okay, thanks, guys. See you. Okay, nice to see you, Yalta. And we're yeah. moving over to. I'll see you in the bedroom. Uh, <laughs> Okay, well, I'll leave, I'll leave you guys to talk about that later. But anyway, PJ, yes. over to you, PJ, for the message. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Ains. Uh Hi, family. Oh, well, uh, we are still in the COVID-19 season. But it will come to an end, like with any season. I can't tell you how long this season will last, but it will come to an end. Uh, someone said, I think it was uh, Dr. Blomfield, it says, we are in at the end of the beginning. Uh, so that means uh, there is still a lot of uncertainty. 
even now we are in level two in New Zealand, um, and we're still in turbulent times globally. We still keep facing uncertainty and a huge amount of losses of lives, of jobs. Uh, I think we haven't seen the full um, uh, effects of COVID-19. We haven't seen it yet, but it is a huge time of change. So last time I talked in Table Talk a couple of weeks ago uh, was about uncharted times. And so we looked if we needed to adjust our internal setting because that is a very common practice when things are not working like your phone or your computer. And, um, and so we looked at you know what it means uh, with internal settings in our heart um, because everything uh, flows from every issue flows from our heart. And so if you want to watch that, uh, that talk, that table talk, uh, it is on YouTube at the moment. But today I'm going to talk also in Chartered Times about how to anchor ourselves in those um, uncharted times. Because in turbulent uh, times and in, in, in stormy seasons, uh, it is not, uh, it's not unusually to get a little bit off course. And, and we can read that in Acts 27 with Paul. You know, he was a prisoner and he was on his way to Rome. And, and there were huge winds, like hurricane winds. And so the ship was caught in it and, and you know, um, and so they had to give way uh, to the storm and to the winds and they were driven right across the seas. Um, and the wind did not allow them, that's what it says in, in, in chapter 27 in, in Acts, uh, will not allow them to hold their course. And so they even had to throw over cargo uh, of the ship because the ship was too heavy. Uh, and we need to realize that Paul was a prisoner on that ship, um, but he had already given them some sound advice, but they didn't take it up. He had some insight about the journey to make it less disastrous. But, um, and so in the end, uh, in the storm keeps going and they even feared for their lives. And then Paul stood up in a time of the storm. You know, he stood up um, because, um, he wanted to encourage the people. He said, you need to keep up your courage um, because I believe that God is able to help them through. The night before he had a, a visitor of an angel of the God that he loves and that he serves. And, and he believed that, um, that no loss of life would come to all the people on this ship. And so after, um, after you know, it says after 14 days, people hadn't eaten in 40 days. Uh, well, you know, if you are in a storm, I don't know if you've ever been in a boat uh, in stormy weather, uh, I don't think you can keep your food down for that long anyway. So they haven't been eating for 14 days, uh, but Paul uh, believed that they needed to eat to keep up their, uh, their, their energy and their strength. And so um, on that ship, you know, he asked the people to eat. And so... Um, so obviously he set them all down and all of that, but he broke the bread. He gave thanks for it. And he prayed. In the midst of that storm of people who were no believers, Paul took his position. He was a prisoner. He was not even part of the crew. But he stood up. He made the most of that time. 
And so, uh, and they all ate, and they, obviously the crew was all encouraged. Uh, they, he instilled hope in them that uh, although the storm was still raging, there will be no life lost. And the next morning uh, they arrived and saw land and lo and behold, they uh, landed on the island of Malta. We just had a question about that on Table Talk. I thought it was quite funny that, um, that I was mentioned it as well today. And so when they came on Malta, uh, the people of the island were so welcoming and, you know, um, obviously getting food for them and putting a bonfire on on the beach. And, uh, and, and out of the bonfire comes a snake and obviously and lands on the, the hand of Paul. And the, the, the people of the island were all really scared because they were thinking, oh, well, this, this is no good. But Paul didn't mind and he threw the, um, the snake into the fire. And so they were all waiting for Paul to die or to swell up, but nothing happened to him. And obviously some of the officials on that island, the news got out, you know, that this man is like a guard, he was bitten, but he, he didn't die. And so they were welcomed on, on that, um, to his place and they had lots of good food and all of that. And then the, the father of the man who owned that house got really ill. And so again, Paul just took his position. You know, he was an ambassador of Christ and he prayed for the, the father and the father got healed, totally healed. And obviously then the word got out again on that island. And every sick and injured person of that island, they were bringing them all to Paul and they were all healed. It is just incredible. You know, even though we think, you know, we're in the storm and, um, you know, what, what will come out of it? But God's got a purpose for it. Even in the storm of Paul, I don't know how many people got healed, how many people got to know about that God's goodness and about God's grace. And, uh, and that obviously, that was God's purpose to make himself known on that island. Um, at times, you know, we find ourselves in a storm and, uh, and sometimes it can last for a day. I yelled at me, I've been quite often in a bit of a storm of a day, uh, but sometimes a storm lasts for much longer and, and seems to go on for ages. And then we, we we ask ourselves what is going on and we don't understand it and, and we, we wrestle to, to find an answer or we find how, how, how can we get through this and, um, and, and because we, we just don't know in the, in the storm what is going on and I don't think there is any person on this earth who has not at any stage had in life those kind of questions because we're all going through storms at times. Then I was thinking, you know, just because the world is in such a disarray and, and people are all getting haywire, um, it doesn't mean for us as believers that we are getting caught up in this drama uh, and become totally overwhelmed and, and totally in a way that, that shuts us down and we, we get down in our hearts and our spirit because we, we don't know when this... Uh, this coronavirus is going to end or what it's going to bring and you know we might have a second wave and and so on but i do know that the covid 19 showed the world that everything that had, had people been working for 
or nations have been working for uh, for uh, for years, or what they've been trying to build up their business, or even thinking of Queenstown, what people been building up their business over years. And for some people, it's been over decades in countries, or sometimes even longer. But literally, in a couple of weeks, all that was gone, just like that. And it makes makes us all think how fragile the world really is. That is not as strong as it looks. And this obviously will bring huge implications uh, with lots of employment and lots of jobs uh, and lots of people who are, are feeling fearful and all of that. Um, and people will start to ask questions. People will really be thinking, uh, what is this all about? Where will this bring us? And a lot of people will be searching also uh, for some, some anchor in their lives because uh, what is God saying in this? What is God doing in this time? And sometimes some people might even give up or other people basically minimize their faith and bring their faith down to their own experience then rather elevate their experience and to come up in alignment with the word of God. Because in all this is going on, you know, God is, is still on the throne. He is still in control. Uh, our God is still the same yesterday and today. Our God is a God who still can work all things for good. And he, and he will, because we can trust him. Our God is still has a purpose for this season. And even though we can't see the, the full implication, what God's purpose for it is, but it doesn't mean that God has it not in hand. Um, and then we just need to remind ourselves every time again, when that news comes up, uh, that God, God got this, he has. And align ourselves with the word of God is, is, is a choice that we position ourselves. Um, I believe the word of God, you know, is, and, and most people maybe are listening tonight, the, the Bible is not an ordinary book. Uh, the word of God of the scriptures, whatever you say. There are plenty of books in the world. And I think there are probably more books uh, than people in the world. But there is only one Bible that has power to change lives, that can bring transformation. You know, in Hebrews 4, verse 12 says, for the word of God is alive and it's active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It is, it penetrates, even divides soul and spirit and, and marrow and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You know, at times, we underestimate the power of it, of the word of God. And if we don't realize fully, you know, if we hear it and maybe read it, and uh, when if we, but it will be a different when we start to believe in it and be agreeing with it. And, and then it can cause miracles. It can cause healings. It can cause salvations. It can cause transformation. It can cause freedom. Although I heard all my life at a very young age, 
My dad was reading the Bible every day, at least twice a day before we would eat. And uh, we would hear it at school and we would hear it at church. I've, I've heard a lot. I've heard a lot of stories. We know all the stories, but did I actually believe it? I heard it, but I didn't believe it. And then a time came in our early years in New Zealand uh, when our youngest son um, was born, I got really, really unwell. And, and at that time, I was fearing for my life, uh, which set me on a whole process of questions and thinking and um, what was going on? What would happen if I would have died? Where would I have gone? And, and I was just questioned everything about life. And then a friend of mine gave me a book to read and about, um, about you know, how God heals and how God has power. And, and I, that even caused more questions, more struggle, more wrestle with God. And so, and then I went back to the Bible. Although I have read the Bible all, all so, so long ago, so many years, but now I had a different mindset. I had a different mindset and I just wanted to know if the Bible is, was actually true, that God was actually able to heal, that God had power to set people free. And, um, but it was such a wrestle and I had such a fear because if I would give my life to Jesus, what would Yalta think? Uh, would, would Yalta still uh, love me? Because the book said it would transform me, it would change me. Um, and it's because there is an enemy and, um, and he's always there to steal and to, uh, to rob and because he wants you to walk away from your faith. He wants to not for us to believe in God. And my life was at that time was just uh, captivated with fear. But, but God has a plan and a purpose for our lives, for our families, for our church, for our city, for our nation. You know, and I, I love John 10, 15. And people say, why do you love that verse? Because it talks about the thief that he steals and that he kills and he destroys. But yet that is only one half of John 10, verse 10, because then the best part comes. But I have come, this is Jesus, he said, I have come to give life and life abundantly. And so the thief always wants to sow doubt and fear. And he's done a good job of it at the moment. Um, and in times, we, we come to that place of wrestle with God. And I think a lot of people are wrestling now with God in this time and, and hope to find uh, a way through it and a way forward. What does it mean for them? And so for a long time, I made myself believe that I couldn't question God um, because of my religious upbringing. I no dare you to ask God questions or 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 say that you don't agree with Him or you're not sure about Him and all of that. And um, but hello, God is God, and He knows anyway what you're thinking. And at, at times. Um, you know, we put our church face on or our Christian face, or maybe you don't know, but, you know, some of us do sometimes. But God is like, really? 
I wish you just get real with me. And I encourage you. You just wrestle with God with the questions that you have about life, about your marriage, about your children. Uh, there is so much that we do not know. And, and God is, is the best place to go first. And, and, you know, but don't lose your faith over it when you wrestle with God. You know, God is, is not freaking out at all about that. And, um, and he wants us to come. Um, with all our fears, with all our doubts, with all our worries um, about anything. You know, God can handle it. And, and he is able to bring revelation or he bring a word or he bring peace or, you know, God is able to lead us through um, with all your questions. I, I think, you know, if you don't, um, you have probably more reason to walk away from God. And then because you start to wander in your own mind and then you make up your own story and that usually doesn't really uh, gain anything for you. So we do need to understand there is fear and faith. And, and those two are incredibly strong forces and they cannot operate together. You know, fear repels faith, faith. but faith really pushes fear away. And, and you all know this verse in 2 Timothy 1 verse 17, that God has not given you a spirit of fear but of love and power and sound mind. But he has given you a deposit of fear, all of us. All of us have a measure of faith. And so there is so much power when we are agreeing with God and we are agreeing with each other. That is just, if we all believers will agree, there will be a tremendous unity. And when we agree, uh, with each other, that, you know, God counts it a blessing. We see that in our marriage. Uh, Yalta and me, you know, we have, uh, we not agree on everything, everything we think the same, but we agree with each other about our things, how we do life, how we, uh, about our children, about our grandchildren. Um, it says in Job, Job 22, verse 21, it said, agree with God and you can be at peace. It is just a, a powerful uh, scripture. Agree with God and be at peace. You know, in, um, in Matthew, the disciples um, asked Jesus because obviously he was, you know, going off his own thing in the mornings and talking to his father. And, um, and so the disciples asked you know, uh, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? And so we all know that our father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I know I've been saying that, I don't know for how many times and praying that for our children, but since later, and God has been really speaking to me that, you know, uh, do you actually believe it, PJ? Do you agree with it? That my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you align yourselves with that? Are you agreeing with, with God when you, when you actually pray it? 
for God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in, in heaven. And, um, you know, if I think of heaven, it's there is no pain, there is no sorrow, there is no lack. Um, and even if I imagine myself to go there, it's just, it's, it's, I can't even imagine how beautiful it is. But that's how God say, let God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. But, you know, if we keep listening and allowing the teeth to, to, to whisper in our, our ears and, and we start to believe it, then we can hardly escape fear or even doubt uh, because that is his sowing in our hearts and our minds. It's, it's just not, it is not just a spirit when the thief does that, but it's also our mind and our heart uh, get influenced um, by that fear. You know, when Israel um, came out of Egypt and about to cross the, the River Jordan to their promised land, that was God's will for them, that they would go to the promised land. And men, they were all excited. You can only imagine when they're nearly there. Hallelujah, we're going there. And um, so they sent 12 leaders out to the land and to, just to have a look, you know, and see how it's, how it's all, what, what's there. And yes, um, Yes, there were giants in, in that land. Well, they looked like giants, but there were also beautiful fruits and harvest from, from the fields. And, and so um, those 12 men, they all seen, they all seen the same thing, but they came home with two different reports. You know, um, there were 10 of them who had a report that, no, we surely can't go because, no, we can't do that because uh, those men are too big, they are giants, and we, we are not able to overcome them. And so, but there were two who said, yeah, we surely can. Yes, uh, okay, there are a giant, we're not ignoring that, but we surely can overcome with God. And then both, they were both right. Because if you say you can't, well, you actually can't. But if you say you can, you actually can. And so the result was that God's will for that nation to go to the promised land was delayed by 40 years because they came with a report and that obviously freaked them out and they were caught up in the fear and they shut them down. And not any of those people they were able to move into the promised land. 40 years later, Caleb and Joshua, because they believed that God's plan for Israel was right, but they had to wait for, for all that time, 40 years. You know, you and me, we have a choice to choose life every day. Uh, and you can be a kind person or a kind person. Um, but God wants to, to us to be a kind person, not because we are so good or we are so so powerful, but God is. In this time, uh, we need to believe that God is able to get us through, even uh, with jobs and unemployment and poverty. You heard our church. We don't even know how, how when we are going to go back to church, but we, we can. We will be able. God is going to help us in this. And, we, you know, when we choose this day, you know, um, I, I just think, who, who are we going to believe? Who are you going to believe? What report are you going to believe? The, the report of the world experts or Jacinta 
with all uh, with all of that. But choose this day. Keep choosing and agreeing and allying ourselves with the will, but also with God's way um, on earth, as it is in heaven. You know, people say, is it easier to follow God's way and God's will? No. I can just tell you straight up, that will not be the easiest road for us to choose. But will it be the best way? It is for you and for, for me and for your family, for our church, for our city, Hamilton, for our nation, New Zealand, because with God, there is hope for the future. With God, there is a hope that anchors us. And that is just so um, wonderful and, and good that we are anchored with God in this time. You know, we have this hope that says in Hebrews 6 verse 19, that hope that anchors us and, it's, and, it, and it is firm and, and it is secure. And, and if we keep believing and agreeing with God, that God is able to get us through, that God will uh, has a purpose for all of us in this, that God will give us the strength and the peace. God will give us the provision that we need. Then, you know, it is more valuable for you and me. It is vital for you and me that we believe and agree with God. It still stands. God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. You know, the world experts uh, who neither believe in or know our God, um, but they are prophesying every day over our, our media, everywhere. They're prophesying uh, about fear and doubt and uncertainty uh, all the time. But God is also prophesying. He is also uh, speaking, but he is completely opposite of what the world said. But God speaks from heaven. And if uh, those of us who have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, God speaks from us from within. And, and in this world, we will have trouble, yes. But Jesus said, I have overcome. And, and I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you. You know, the, I love that the, the, from Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. He will lead us. He will guide us. And even if I walk through the valley of death, I will fear not evil. Because of why? Because he is with me. So, you know, when you are um, today, you know, I don't know where you are at with God or what you are going through or what you are facing. But I, I, I do um, encourage you strongly to align yourself with God. Align yourself with God's will, with God's way, his word, because on earth as it is in heaven, to see his kingdom come um, more than ever uh, in all things that begins with small things. So it is worth it to align with God because he is the highest authority and he loves us. And he wants us to trust him, even in this time. And so I think we need to be more aligned with God, agreeing with God. And because what does it say? Because it gives us peace. So I'll give it back to Pastor Ince.
Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Pastor PJ. You know, um, 1 John 4.18 says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out all fear. You know, God loves you. He loved you so much that He sent His only Son to die on the cross for you so that you may have life. So you've got a choice. You can choose death or life. But God sent His Son for you. For God so loved the messy people of the world that He gave His only beloved Son so that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You know, we all have a past. This is what we all have in common. We can't change our past. If we could hit this reset button, we could. But Jesus is the only one who can go into those places of shame and fear and regrets and wipe the slates clean so that you can begin a new life today. So if you would like to begin a new life of Jesus, if you'd like to follow Jesus for the very first time, you need to make a decision today. So will you decide to follow Jesus? I want to pray with you. And if you're making this decision right here tonight, I do encourage you to press the raise your hand for Jesus button. Just click the button, raise your hand for Jesus. By clicking this button, what you're doing in the physical, God is doing something in the spiritual. So as you click this button to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this will be the greatest decision that you'll ever make. So let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Today, I make a decision to leave my life of sin and to follow you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me to set me free. I love you. I give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Well, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, congratulations. You know, I encourage you to keep leaning on, on God. You know, we've got a prayer team. Once you click the prayer button and ask somebody to pray for you, let them know that you've just given your heart to Jesus or you've come back to Him. It's, the whole point is just to stay connected. Well, I hope you enjoyed Table Talk for another night. What an amazing message we had from Pastor PJ. And what a great um, conversation we had with Yalta. Um, I'll tell you what, don't forget, this Sunday we have, we're in part three of our series, Law. And this week, this Sunday, what we're going to be exploring is, is which part of the law do we follow? You know, the Ten Commandments? You know, why is it that some people obey this law, but they ignore these other laws? How do we interpret the law? Is the Bible about do's and don'ts? You know, we have to do these things in order to please God. So tune in this Sunday at 10 a.m. Follow the same link. Share the link. Tell your friends. Tell your family. And hey, tell you what. Why don't you invite people around your home to watch church together? We can extend our bubbles to, to as big as 10. So why not invite someone around and do church together? Well, anyway, we'll come to the end of our table talk night. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a fantastic rest of the week. And God bless. God bless everybody.